Welcome back to our Harvest Valor Men's podcast. This is Mike Jonker, one of the pastors here at Harvest. I have the privilege of leading over a men's ministry here at Harvest and service campus pastor here at Harvest Orange County. You know, I grew up like some of you watching cowboy shows early on Saturday mornings or right after school. There were a bunch of them, you know, Roy Rogers, Gunsmoke, The Lone Ranger, The Cisco Kid, one of my favorites, The Rifleman. But two of my favorites were Big Valley and Bonanza. And both of these were set on big ranches, big outdoors with lots of horses and cows and cowboy towns with a sheriff and a jail and a bar, you know, the bar for the bar fights. But both of these stories, uh, Bonanza and Big Valley, had three sons or three brothers in the storyline. Big Valley had Jared, Nick, and Heath Barkley, and Bonanza had Hoss, Adam, and Little Joe Cartwright. And they were good shows with good cowboy stories, a few fights. Yeah, some bad guys got killed. But there was usually some moral lesson to take away about working hard, being respectful, and doing good to others as you would have them do unto you. And I like the dynamics of the three sons, the three brothers looking out after each other and their families. There was also another show that was popular in the 60s called My Three Sons along the line of Ozzie and Harriet. And it was about a widowed father raising his three sons. And it too had some entertaining and always had a good moral lesson to it. The story in the Bible we're looking at today out of Genesis could be titled My Three Sons. It's the original My Three Sons story. And we have been going through Genesis together and in the beginning, God and the creation story. And we've looked at the Garden of Eden and the fall and We saw that Adam and Eve had some kids and the very first family and the very first dysfunctional family came into an existence. And things went from bad to worse as humanity basically decided that they wanted to write their own ticket apart from God, the God who created them. Until God looked down from heaven and basically was saddened and sorry that he had created mankind. In fact, Genesis 6, 5 through 6 says, Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. You know, knowing something is going to happen and being saddened by it when it happens is a reality we all encounter at various times in our lives. And God did too. Sin and the fall didn't surprise God, but it did and does make him sad. Even though God was saddened by the godlessness taking place on the earth, God did see something better, someone who might be saved. And his name was Noah. And in the midst of a whole world that had turned its back on God, it tells us that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God is always looking to save. You know, judgment isn't his first choice, but make no mistake, God is a God of grace and mercy as well as a God of justice and judgment. Psalms 9, 7 and 8 says, The Lord abides forever. He who established his throne for judgment, and he will judge the world in righteousness, and he will execute judgment for the peoples with equity. You know the story. Man rebelled against God, became wicked, and God decided to eliminate wicked mankind from the face of the earth. And he told Noah to build an ark, and Noah built the ark. It was quite a project. In faith, he responded to God's instruction to build the ark. And in doing so, it tells us that Noah 
became a preacher of righteousness. Noah declared the reality of God and God's upcoming judgment to all who might listen. Sadly, no one did. And after gathering all the animals and the birds and everything unto the ark, Noah and his family entered the ark. And it tells us that God closed the door of the ark, and it began to rain, and rain, and rain, El Nino, for 40 days and 40 nights. And God flooded the whole earth, and all of humanity died as a result of their chosen lifestyles that were godless and wicked. And when the rain stopped and the water leveled off, out of the ark came Noah and his wife and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. In Genesis 8, chapter 8, verses 20 through 22, it says, So Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings to the Lord. You know, in a way, Noah did more than just kiss the dry land when he got off the ark. He really kissed God. He gave thanksgiving to God and adoration to God for saving him. And unlike the many people who had rejected God, Noah acknowledged and embraced the God who saved him. And it tells us that the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I ever destroy every living thing as I have done. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And God made a covenant with Noah not to flood the earth again. And he gave the rainbow as a reminder of that covenant. Don't you love rainbows? Rainbows are awesome. You know, they say there's seven colors in a rainbow. And uh, whether we're watering the garden and we see a little bit of a, a rainbow in the mist as we're watering, or we're in Maui or Kauai where they have amazing rainbows that, I mean, go from one end of the horizon to the other end, Sometimes here in California, we get some pretty cool rainbows too. But God gave us a rainbow to remind us that he wasn't going to judge the earth again with water by flooding and destroying everything. I do want to say this, that Satan likes to take the things of God and pervert them. That is what he does, and that's what he's done with the rainbow. The rainbow is God's symbol of his promise that he won't judge the earth and mankind with water or the flood. In fact, there is even a greater symbol than that that reminds us that God doesn't want to judge us, and that's really the cross, where Jesus took our judgment to the cross. He became sin so that we would become the righteousness of God by faith in Jesus, by embracing Jesus. 1 Corinthians says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it is the power of God. You know, there will be a final judgment for those who haven't embraced Jesus and the cross, but it won't be by flood. It'll be by fire. In fact, 2 Peter 3.7 says, But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Just like God judged those who rejected God and his ways, he will judge those at the great white throne judgment. You know, I believe that many people who today who are embracing the rainbow today are embracing their own death and judgment because they haven't believed and embraced Jesus and the cross. Oh, and God loves them. 
God died for them. The Bible says God demonstrated his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But many people are not believing and not receiving that gift of salvation from Christ. You know, Noah and his three sons and wives stepped off the ark and they embraced God and then began to fulfill God's plan. In Genesis 9, 1 through 7, it says, So God blessed Noah and his three sons and gave to them and said, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Everything is yours. I have given you all things. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs. Verse 6 says, Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood will be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. And for you, be fruitful and multiply and bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. That's pretty cool, right? Talk about a new beginning, like a fresh start, you know, discovering like a, an island or something like that. Oh man, a fresh start. There's an island here, island paradise. These guys had a whole planet. God gave them a whole planet now to go and live and thrive. And God is all about second chances, isn't he? He's all about new beginnings. You know, maybe today you need a second chance. Maybe you need a new start. Your life has taken some bad turns. And God says, come to me. In fact, the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. You know, our church here at Harvest is full of men who are new creations in Christ. And sometimes I talk to these guys and hear their stories, and I'm just blown away by what God has done in their lives. I mean, guys that were just miserable human beings, you know, survivors, some cutthroat, some predators, some victims, but all that is gone and unrecognizable now because of the transforming work of God's Spirit in their lives. Yes, there is a day of judgment. There is also a day of redemption and salvation. And for these three sons, my three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, the whole of humanity was repopulated. Genesis 10 and 11 break down these three sons of Noah and how they began to repopulate the earth. And some call it the table of nations. And it's really fascinating. Yes, we're all related to Adam and Eve, but even more currently, we are related to Noah. We're all somehow connected to one or more of Noah's sons. Who are these guys? Does it matter? Yeah, it does. God tells us these things for a reason. I think, one, it's a reminder that all nations are of one blood. You know, if we track our bloodline back far enough, we would discover that we all come from Shem, Ham, or Japheth, the sons of Noah. Think about that. Whether you're white or black or brown or red or yellow, as if any of us are really that color, generally speaking, we are all related. We have the same great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather and uh, their brothers, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And beyond that, plus one, we have one great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, and that would be Noah. We all come from Noah. You know, one thing I like about sports is that it brings people together. You know, with sports, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, if you've got a talent and you want to play and, you know, it's you get out there and you play and uh, you enjoy it and you root together. And it's neat to see that. And that's what I love about the church. Really, we are all the family of God in Christ. There's no Jew. There's no Gentile. In fact, Colossians 3, 10 and 11 says that we can put on this new nature and all be renewed as we learn to know your creator and become like him. 
in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric or uncivilized, slave or free, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. We become the family of God through faith. And generally speaking, when Shem and Ham and Japheth began to repopulate the earth, it appears that Japheth was the oldest and that he went north from that Mesopotamia area. He went north and then east and west and kind of populated Europe and Indo-Asia. Now, Ham, it appears, went south and populated Egypt and a lot of the African nations. And Shem went west and populated the area of the Middle East and, of course, Israel. It tells us in Genesis 10 that one of Noah's sons, Ham, had a grandson whose name was Nimrod. What a name, Nimrod. And it says that the earth was beginning to be repopulated with all the kids of Noah's three sons, but this one grandson stood out. And in fact, in Genesis 10, verse 8, it tells us that Nimrod began to be a mighty hunter on the earth, and he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Kelner, which is the land of Shinar. And from that, he went to Assyria and built Nineveh, and some of the nations, including Kashlehim, and from whom came the Philistines. You know, Nimrod was a mover and a shaker. He was a builder. He was a hunter. He was a warrior. He was accomplished, and he was godless. Nimrod was godless. And in chapter 11 of Genesis, it tells us that the people still all had one language and decided to build a tower, a monument, a place of worship to worship man and his achievements. You know, God made man in his image, but man decided to make God in their image. And mankind has been doing that ever since. That's why we have so many religions and so many anti-religions. And it tells us that God decided to break up the party down in Babel, where they were building this place of worship that was to reach the heavens. And he went down and he basically confused everyone's language and dispersed them all over the planet. Why? So they wouldn't digress and fall into worship and cause more judgment. You know, God was working a plan, and God was going to work a plan to save mankind through the offspring of one of Noah's sons, Shem. Then through Shem's line came Abraham, came David, and ultimately came Jesus Christ, all through the bloodline of Shem. You know, just as all nations are of one blood, all nations have one need. They need more than a ruler or a president or a prime minister. They need a savior. They need the king of kings. They need Jesus. And we're going to look at that a little bit more. But all nations are from one blood. We're all in it together. And all nations need one savior. They need a savior, and that's Jesus. And all nations have only one way of salvation, including our nation, the United States, and that's Jesus. And that is why we believe so strongly in staying true to the proclamation of the gospel. You know, Noah was a preacher of righteousness, and so are we. You know, our commission from Jesus himself in Matthew 28, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That means all the descendants of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. That's our calling. That's our hope. Whether you're a a preacher or a pastor or a lawyer or a businessman or you're in law enforcement or you're a construction worker, we can all be used by God to bring people to Jesus. That's our calling. That's our hope. We can be used by God to bring people to Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew 24, it says in verse 37, that as in the days of Noah were, so also be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. You know, Jesus is coming. He's going to be coming back, and he's coming to save. He's come to save, but he's also coming because there will be a time of judgment that this world will encounter. And God has called each and every one of us to be a part of bringing salvation to mankind, to our families, to our friends, in our workplaces. We are called to go and tell people about Jesus. God is about saving Yeah, the judgment is coming, but God is still in the business of saving. And we can, even in these days, as we look at our culture and we look at our society that by and large is turning its back on God, we can be like Noah, that preacher of righteousness who stands up and declares that Jesus does love the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's do that together as the church. Let's do that as men of God. Let's do that and help God bring more people to salvation. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. What a fascinating portion of scripture. And we pray that you would remind us that you love all men, all women. And Lord, you can use us to bring many to you and use our church and use each and every one of us in our workplaces and in our families to be preachers of righteousness, even like Noah was. And Lord, we thank you for the gift of salvation that we have. And Lord, so use us this week, bless our time, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. And uh, don't forget that uh, our services are at 8, 10, and 12 on Sunday morning. And uh, we have a men's prayer breakfast coming up on February 10th, Saturday. So check that out. We We have a great time. Have some killer burritos. And you guys will enjoy a time of praying for our families and our nation. Okay, God bless you guys. Bye-bye.